Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Mind Power Podcast. I'm your host, Angel Clemente. With me, I got a special guest all the way from the other side of the country. I got Hunter Moore, man. Hunter, how you doing, bro? I'm doing great, man. Just uh, it's been a busy day, but I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. Um. So I got I got connected to you through um our CEO Chandler. I'm um, putting a good word. Said that you would be uh interesting guy to have on my show. Um. And from you know little little bit of talking to you, it kind of seems so. So I'm really glad that you made the time and got on here with us, man. So I appreciate that first of all. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Um. Yeah, I was talking to Chandler about it, and it's pretty excited. I've been listening to your guys' podcast. You guys have had some really great people, um, so hopefully, I can uh, can meet meet up to the, what they've been able to say on here, and hopefully, influence some people. Great, man. I mean, that's <clears throat> that's the goal at the end of the day. So, um, let's go ahead. Let's just get started, man. Why don't you go ahead and tell us just a little bit about yourself? You know, where you're from, what what you're doing right now, kind of what what your field is, because everyone's got their own different field. So, go ahead. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so name's Hunter Moore. I'm from Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, yeah, Wyoming is a real state. A lot of people <laughs> think that uh, a lot of people think that Wyoming's like this big square in the middle of the United States that like doesn't exist, but it is a real state. Um, Cheyenne, it's a capital. Uh, we're pretty well known for uh, like Cheyenne Frontier Days. That's one of the largest outdoor rodeos in the world. So we get a lot of traffic there. But uh, other than that, Cheyenne's really not too big on the map. Um, I am 21 years old. I serve in the Air National Guard full time, active duty, and then I operate my own real estate business, um, More Capital LLC. I was flipping houses before I left uh, for basic training, and now I own um, seven rental units. Uh, six of them are here in Cheyenne, and then I have an Airbnb. Uh, I did it with a joint venture with a partner of mine, um, and that Airbnb is in Puerto Rico. Wow, and then I also do on the side uh, some crypto, do some mining, some trading, uh, whether it's day trading or swing trading. Mm-hmm. Got some money staking in a pool, and uh, do a little bit of altcoin, and um, yeah, that's pretty much what I do um, to kind of keep me busy. Yeah, and I bet you stay busy too with all of that stuff going on. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. The military, um, that's a twenty four seven job. Yeah. Um, it's kind of one of those things that um, you don't really get to pick when you when you get off or when you have to go in. Right. Like typical like set schedule, but it's always uh, changing. And then with real estate and crypto, um, that keeps me very busy when with little free time I do have. Mm. So <clears throat> I know the a lot of what we're going to talk about is kind of just going to be like with real estate. Um, I've had someone here who is like getting into real estate before. Obed was our, I think our first guest, and he was like kind of gotten into it but um i think you've been in real estate a little bit longer right so you i think you have a little bit more um more like information or insight in it yeah definitely maybe um if i remember from that uh from that podcast he he's more so on the realtor side of things isn't he yeah yeah i mean we didn't really get too much into it because i know he he had just gotten his license but um either way just getting the foot in the door is is anything but but real quick man because i didn't even know that you were in uh uh, in the National Guard, man, what, um, what, what kind of made, what made you want to get into the National Guard there? Oh wow, yeah, that's a that's a pretty big, um, pretty big question that opens up quite a bit. So, um, in my early like teen years, um, I went through a lot of a lot of different mental health issues, uh, anxiety, um, depression, and it got so bad to the point my senior year, um, my my cousin had committed suicide, uh, July. 
um, July 11th, just like right before I started my senior year. And I always like, I always kind of thought, you know, I always kind of had that suicide ideation. Um, And I was, you know, but before that happened, when it happened, it really just kind of made me open up my eyes to, you know, suicide and stuff like that. And I just, I got to that point where I was like, you know, I I really, um, really had enough of it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm done with all this. Like I was, I was ready to do it. You know, I planned a few different attempts and I met with an old friend of mine. Um, it was actually just crazy. I think how, how the world works. Um, I was at church one day and I was just asking, I'm like, you know, God, just, you know, please send me someone. And an old friend of mine actually texted me, I'm not kidding you, maybe 30 minutes after I left church. And she's like, Hey, uh, you know, I need a ride. Can you come pick me up? Her tire was flat and me and her actually worked together at Olive Garden. Uh-huh. So I picked her up and we kind of caught back up because we used to be really good friends um, a few years b- uh, before that. We caught up and then, you know, she just completely made me, you know, change my mind because um, I came to the conclusion. I was like, you know what, I'm going to join the Marines. Um, I'm going to, you know, try to go infantry and hopefully, you know, I'll get, you know, as sad as it is, hopefully I'll get killed overseas, you know, and that'd be more of an easier way out um, right. kind of for the country, but also I get my way where, you know, like it, it ends then. Right. She kept on telling me she, you know, she's like, you know, you have so much potential. I never really told her exactly why I want to join the Marines, but she, uh, she's like, you just have so much more potential than that. And um, at the time I'd also had a full red scholarship to ASU that I was uh, kind of chasing after for business. And I turned that down um, because I wanted to go to the Marines and that was kind of my big plan. And she just kept on telling me, you know, you're better than that. You're better than that. And it made me come to conclusion that I was better than that. So I, um, it's like, all right, well, the scholarships are away. I don't want to join the Marines. Military lifestyle was still kind of in my head. So I was like, well, you know what? Why don't I go Air National Guard? Um, the really nice thing about the Guard is you get to pick where you go. It's like, I'll join the Wyoming Air National Guard, great benefits. And I had to pick a job. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And for some odd, weird reason, real estate kind of popped up in my head. And it just everything uh, put together then. Um, so I joined the uh, guard as a structural civil engineer, which teaches me all the basics of um, carpentry, you know, so framing, drywall, paint, roofing, uh, concrete. And those two went hand in hand with real estate. And mm-hmm. uh, and that's what I do now for the Air National Guard is, uh, well, my FSC, um, which my job is uh, structural civil engineering. That's what I do on the weekends. Um, but since I'm active duty guard, I'll do operations, uh, for, for civil engineering. So I just do a bunch of, uh, bunch of random different stuff that I do throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Dang. That's, that's definitely like a, a huge, um, like a, a whole journey trying to like find that right path to be able to, to get, get to where you're at right now. But with, <clears throat> with a, with a very unfortunate, you know, like beginning, but yeah. It was, um, I mean, there's, I mean, there's more, you know, d- deeper detail that we can always go into about, right. it. you know, the baseline of it. And it's, um, it's crazy because, you know, I've, uh, you know, in high school, a lot of what caused that mental health was a lot of experimenting with, you know, partying and drugs mm-hmm. and, um, and every day I, I look back and I'm, I'm really, I really regret all those decisions that I made. But then when I see where I'm at right now, it's like, can I, do I really regret it? Cause I really believe that if I didn't make those decisions, I really wouldn't have had that reality check mm-hmm. um, to, to the point where I'm at now. Um, right. So I think that's really huge is that like we, 
so much of us, we live our lives and, you know, fear of failing. And I've made a lot of failures in my life. Um, but what I learned from those lessons has put me, you know, to greater wins and to greater victories. I think that's really important right. as a society and for our generation that we do that. You know, we take a loss, we turn it into a win. Exactly. Like, I always like to say that nothing, nothing is ever a mistake if you learn from it. Yes, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I haven't always lived my life that way um just until you know this i kind of came to fruition of it just within this last year that that's really how it is it's like um i had a really we'll get deeper into it later on but i really big lost in real estate and um i learned some of my best lessons in that loss like some of the best lessons that i'll probably i'll carry with me forever you know right exactly it's it's crazy because going going through those things and everyone everyone that goes through their own like separate experiences you know no one's no one's is like even worse or better than anybody else's but those those are the types of like events that like shape people and and guide them into the right direction of where they're supposed to be and so there there's two different ways to kind of look at those at those like obstacles when they come in our way is you know are we just going to stop and and call it call it the day there are we you know going to try and climb over that obstacle and get to the other side and see what's over there so it takes it takes a lot of strength to be able to you know take a step back look look at the environment and decide you know this isn't the path i need to be at and try and go in a different direction so that's huge man oh yeah 100 percent um you know you're right i think it does take a lot of strength to uh push forward but i think it also takes a lot of strength to quit yeah um I think through, you know, the, you know, a lot of the, um, what mental health issues I've had, you know, it takes a lot to, uh, it takes a lot of strength to quit because I think that, um, you know, as some of us, we have like that, just that burning passion inside us that we know, um, deep, deep down inside, we know that there's, you know, that there's always going to be better days to come. Right. Um, so, so I definitely, it takes a lot of strength to move forward, but it does take a lot of strength to quit. That's very true, man. That's very true. But throughout throughout that whole journey all these things that you've learned man it's gotten you to where you're at today and um from what it seems like you're pretty pretty settled into the real estate business um so i i kind of want to talk about that because i haven't i low-key you know it seems like nowadays real estate is 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 a very forward trending topic or like topic of business it seems like that everyone is kind of just trying to trying to hop in and get into nowadays. Yeah, definitely. I would say I'm I'm settled in, but there's still some more settling to do. I, I think that's what I really love about real estate is um, mm-hmm. there's you know yeah. thousands thousands of different ways to to do it. Right, you're always learning, man. There's never there's never a day where I'm I'm sure you're not learning something new. Yeah, right. Definitely, and it's and that's what I think. That's what's so neat about it is, um, you know, I learned some stuff from uh, from the guests you had on here. Um, you know, um, what was it? Two episodes, two or three episodes ago, I learned some stuff from him. You yeah, know, I think just, that was Carrie, Carrie Hughes. Yeah. Yep. yep. So that's that's the neat thing about it. I think that's really just how mostly anything in life is is that we can always learn a different way to do it. Um, but with real estate, I mean, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. There's some things that would really blow your mind, and I think. <laughs> With uh, with TikTok and social media, I think that there's a lot of um, good stuff out there, but there's also a lot of uh, you know false stuff. Right. Uh, and yeah. then the the new or not the news, but you know the the main people um, they don't really tell us you know what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't tell us that oh you can do this you know because they don't want you to know that they don't want you to to find you know a way around the 
the method um because they they want you to pay for it that's the thing exactly that yes. no i i've noticed that a lot of people that you know have have those secrets or have those methods they uh they they a, a majority of their of their income comes from sharing that and charging for those for that knowledge which i mean i don't think personally is like a bad thing but you know i guess if if you can if you can monetize that you know that's one way that's one way of doing it but yeah and i've really wanted to um to look into that maybe not so much charging people because i feel like until i'm at like a complete master level of real estate which i, I think there'll never be a point in my life because like i said there's so much to learn right but i have been uh, taking a few people underneath my wing to kind of teach them the ropes of things kind of um, explain to them and it's it's been actually really great because um there, there's a quote that i live by i can't i'm not really sure who it is who it um came from but mm-hmm. it's uh, be the person you needed when you were younger right so you know, I try to be that person um, that I needed when I was younger, you know, because when I was, you know, 17, 18, had no idea that real estate was this easy um, or not this easy, but uh, this simple. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's been great to be able to share that type of stuff with um, with these few people I've been able to kind of mentor along this way. Yeah. I mean, at the, at the same time, you know, that that's kind of uh, one of our missions here with like Power is, you know, trying trying to be trying to be that person that you know the younger kids wish they had in their in their time to help them make either transitions or make you know a vision a little bit more visible you know and it, it's good that that you see that and like you said taking people under your wing you you yourself can learn so much about the way you know you're going to teach people the way you're going to coach your own methods your own style so taking people under your wing like when you're starting is is a great way to just be able to to learn how you're going to be able to teach it and, and what you need to say, like how you're going to say it. It's like, you're almost experimenting yourself. You're kind of developing your own, you know, like methods there too. Yeah. It's actually, um, it's really crazy to teach somebody something that, you know, you just learned a couple of years ago. Right. I, I give really big props to teachers and stuff like that because teaching's hard. Yeah. No um, kidding. Cause it's, it's, it's not about, it's not about knowing, it's not about like what you know. It's about you know how how you can connect it and relate it to everybody else. And I I mean we can we can get into a whole conversation about you know the the problem with teaching probably in like the education system and stuff like that. But I mean when it comes down to it, it it's not just what you know, but it's like how can you explain it so that somebody else can learn it? Because so many people learn in so many different ways, and people just don't seem to understand that. Yeah, and I have a kind of have a learning deficiency i would say like i'm i can um i can listen to someone talk and talk and talk and talk and i probably would catch about 25 percent of it mm-hmm. but if somebody's having me do something um then that's when i learned everything right one of my biggest tips i guess with really anything when it comes to investing especially is um i mean you could read and read and read on it but until you take action you're really not going to learn and that's what i learned my most was when i started taking action yep yeah, you you learn more from repetitiveness and and doing more. Cause I'm the same way, man. If someone shows me something like I'm trying to learn how to do something, they just go, you know, you do this, you do that, you do this, move it over here, you you go like this, and then that's how you do it. But it's like you know, I'm I need to run through it one, two, three times, and then I can be like, you know, okay, now I know like these motions. Now I know that I need to do this first because I'm doing it. And like we said earlier. You know, you need to you need to get walked through it a couple of times and make those mistakes so you know how not to do it, and that helps you learn how to do it even more. Yeah, it's uh, 
that's the other cool thing about real estate is you can do um so like for instance with flips i mean you can do a, you know a typical flip where you're doing the flooring and you're doing like you know um walls and stuff like that but each house has its own little thing to it so although you're um repeating and being repetitive with it there's still new um, right. systems learned with each one so it's like you're you're doing something repetitive but you're also learning something new at the same time mm-hmm. and i think that's what's so fascinating about real estate that's what really drags me into it uh-huh. i mean i've i've i don't know if i say if i would say i've kept up with like real estate at least as it's become like a more trending topic um and like i guess like way of 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 like entrepreneur entrepreneurship um but i've definitely like i've i've been intrigued by it within the last couple of years um but how, how did you how did you get like into it and at least like when when did you start cuz you're 21 right now but like around how old were you when you started getting into real estate uh so right as i after i graduated high school um i was 18 at the time and i like i said i was also working at olive garden i was still holding that job and i remember i was at olive garden one day and you know i was i was wanting to do real estate i just didn't know really how to start you know mm-hmm. i kind of filled around and uh serving this table and this kid had a uh a shirt millionaire in the making or billionaire in the making and i was i really got caught off by it um you know i waited and waited and i finally asked the kid i was like hey man like where'd you get that shirt from and he goes oh you know you know who grant cardone is i'm like no i have no idea who that is uh little did i know that grant cardone was going to completely shape uh what i want to do with real estate mm-hmm. so at home you know i searched up grant cardone and i was just blown away um, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with who that is, especially living in, you're in Florida, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I um, heard about Grant Cardone. And then a couple months later, I'm, you know, serving and uh, I see this guy that has a 10X hat on. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, oh, this guy knows uh, Grant Cardone, you know, we go talk to him. And I went over, went over talked to him and uh, little did it know, um, the guy was a realtor, um, really big uh, real estate um, agent here in Cheyenne. Um, owns a lot of real estate here in Cheyenne and we start talking. And then next thing you know, I'm calling him like four weeks later to go look at a fourplex. And we went and looked at the fourplex. And at the time I didn't know everything I know now. So I'm thinking, Oh shoot, I need 25% down. Mm-hmm. I probably don't make enough money to even um, afford this place. So I didn't get that fourplex. And I kept on, kept on always looking. I'm like, I really want rental properties, really want rental properties. Right. And, uh, Cause you know, cash flow, but you need the capital to do it. Right. So um, in December, um, right after I turned 19, I started my LLC, More Capital LLC, which was an investing, an investment business um, at the time. And so I took, um, I had some capital on hand and then I took some investors' money, some private investors' money and went and bought my first flip, um, 90,000 cash. Uh, we closed in like, um, I think it was 10 to 15 business days. It was, I can't remember what it was. Hmm. And we got in there, we fixed it up, we flipped it, we sold it about two and a half months later. I profited about 15000 off of that one. And um, in the process of me selling it, I actually put it up for collateral for another flip. And um, and that was my problem flip that I had bought the second go around. So mm-hmm. it was about, it was about um, I would say, March or April when I purchased this house. Um, in the middle of us flipping it, my grandpa had passed away. And, um, so I kind of went through, went through some, uh, some mental health stuff again then. And then as we started getting closer to me leaving for basics, I had to leave basic in June, about a month before that, my stepdad passed away. 
So here I am, you know, in the middle of flipping a house. Right. Um, I had two family members just pass away, like two of some of my closest family members pass away. And um, I just wasn't making the right calls for the flip. I put the wrong people in charge. Uh, that was on my fault. That wasn't their fault. Um, I just expected too much out of them. And that's something that I want to uh, maybe touch on a little bit later on. Um, I just expected too much out of them and I didn't step up. Mm-hmm. And I ended up leaving for basic. And I remember I was at basic and I was writing my contractors. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Like the house should be done by now. You know, like what's going on? Kept on getting letters and letters and letters. Well, the house didn't end up selling until January. Um, and by the time I got back from basic and uh, my tech school, and I ended up taking a $50,000 loss on that property. Dang. And um, that's what I like to call. I had my real estate come up and then that was my real estate crash. Right. Dang, a $50,000 loss. Yeah. So fortunately, um, I didn't have $50,000 to lose at the time, man. I was only like, I was, um, well, at that time now I was 20. Mm-hmm. I, my birthday had just came in November and then I got back in uh, December in the household in January. So I didn't have $50,000 to lose myself, but something that I always promised um, my investors is they're always going to get the money. So my investors right. got the money. Um, I took a, a really good loss, pretty much cleared out all my capital that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I made, you know, 15,000 off the first one. Um, so that helped out a little bit, but that pretty much was wiped away. Um, when I had to take that loss and right. that was my fault because once again, I didn't know what I know now. And if I would have known then I probably could have made, I don't know, maybe one to 200,000 off of that house. Right. And yeah, I'm, it's, it's, it's crazy to think of of taking that big of a loss and not giving up yeah so that's where um that's where i really hit i'd say probably one of the lowest points of my life i would say at least wasn't the top um if it wasn't the lowest is you know second to lowest right i i got back uh i thought that when i had left that um the loss of my two family members would just kind of you know kind of fade away a little bit but Mm -hmm. uh, everything hit me like a rock when I came back with the $50,000 loss, all that. Um, I ended up just going on this really bad downhill spiral. Um, started drinking a lot again, went on about a three month, just binge drinking, um, drunk every day. I'd wake up and I'd start drinking in the shower, um, go to work and I'd get drunk at work because I worked at a bar. So what better place to get drunk at, right? (laughs) Yeah. And then after work, then I would get drunk again. And, uh, it just wasn't good. It was not good at all. Um, and I, I don't know how, but I got out of this spot again. I always find a way to get out of, out of these what, situations. What, what was your wake-up call this time? Because I think the first time you said it was when you know, you left you left, um, you left, left church and then you said an old friend kind of reconnected you and, and kind of, you know, reminded yourself of your own worth. So what, what, what was your wake-up call this time? You know, it's it's crazy. I, I really couldn't tell you. I, I, I always think about this because I always have a few different ideas. Uh-huh. Um, I knew that, um, you know, so my, my stepdad had taught me a lot of stuff. Um, <clears throat> and when he passed away, I, I didn't understand. I didn't understand everything that he taught me until I was at basic because he was retired Air Force and mm-hmm. he was also a retired police officer. So he taught me a lot of things in my life. And, uh, and probably one of the most valuable ones that he did teach me was, you know, to, you know, take care of, uh, take care of the family, take care of, you know, my mom, he was really great to my mom. And I think it was as partly part of that is, you know, I, I can't give up now. Like I got to take care of, you know, my family. Yeah. Um, so, and my mom wasn't able to afford, uh, the house that her and her and, um, my stepdad lived in. So I was, 
I had to help out right. in that case. And then with my grandpa, he was an entrepreneur himself. Um, he owned some oil um, back in back in the day, way late in the day. And he had failed and he had, you know, <clears throat> got back up and picked up and he just kept on, you know, redoing it and redoing it. So I, I think it was a little bit of both of those that I was like, I know that they're looking over me and I know that, um, I know that they're expecting more out of me and I know that I'm better than what I'm giving myself. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of just took like a, like a, a realization kind of your, you had to kind of, you know, take a look at yourself and then kind of give yourself your, that own evaluation. And you came to that realization, you know, you're not, you're not going to settle for that. You're not going to let that obstacle, you know, take over you. Exactly. And it was really cool when all this was happening um, because I always had a passion for lifting mm-hmm. and, and working out and stuff like that. My stepdad was really big in bodybuilding. And when, and what had kind of started the crash was um, when I got back, COVID had just kind of kicked off and I mm-hmm. was actually ready to, uh, to prep for a bodybuilding show. And that kind of went out the door. So I was like, well, I don't have to be on a meal plan anymore, you know, so that opened up my drinking and all that. Right. And since um, I couldn't go to the gym for bodybuilding, you know, because you need all the extra accessories, um, a, a buddy of mine had a home gym and he had some good stuff. You know, we had a, a typical squat bench and deadlift uh, rack, um, a bench rack, you know, some cables, some dumbbells. I was like, well, if I can't bodybuild, then I guess I might as well do something else. And right. um, I've never been naturally strong, but I was like, you know, let's go ahead and do like a powerlifting meet or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of was also the other wake up call. It's like, let's do this powerlifting meet, you know, let's do something good for, uh, for my, for my health. Yeah. Um, some kind of just like to kickstart everything back up. Exactly. And that's what really pushed things forward. And I, I think a lot of people when they're investing right out of the gate, they don't look at the physical and mental health of things mm-hmm. about the financial health. But if you're, uh, if your body and your mind's not right, your investments aren't going to be right. Right. I think that's really, really important uh, to make sure that you're, if you're taking care of your investments, you need to be taking care of your mental and your physical health. Right. Because I mean, that, that in itself is, it's an investment in itself, you know, like everything, every decision you make every day is, is you have to kind of look at it, whether it's an investment for your mind or for your body, how's that going to affect if you're not in the right state of mind? How, how are you going to make the right decisions when it comes to, you know, that game time where, you know, you have to pick, you know, which you know, which stock are you going to choose or like, you know, what property do you decide you're going to go after or anything like that, you know? Yeah. So that's where I started living in a box, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, with the, with the powerlifting meat. Um, I was on a very strict diet because, you know, after drinking for three months, I gained a lot of weights and I had to lose some weight, uh, to be competitive. I wanted to get in a really uh, lower weight class. So mm-hmm. I had to lose about uh, 30 pounds. So I started eating, you know, I got a really strict meal plan. So I started eating at the same time every day. I'd work out at the same time every day. I'd go to bed at the same time every day. And that repetition was what really got things going. And meanwhile, while I'm doing all that, I'd end up hitting up my, uh, my friend that I met from uh, Olive Garden, my mm-hmm. realtor. And we, I told him, you know, restructure the business. I want another crack at this. And he was just kind of shocked and belief because I had told him, I'm like, you know, before that, I was like, I'm done with real estate. Like, I, like, I quit. This is, this is it, man. I can't do it right. anymore. I was like, I want another crack at it. So I went and bought a, um, <clears throat> I went and bought a single family home. It's not my favorite house, but it just had to get me going. Right. Uh, so I got that house and then I actually house hacked it. And um, I'm not for, for the people that aren't familiar with house hacking. Um, basically what you do is you just, you know, you have a house and you rent out the rooms. So you kind of hack up the house and you rent out the rooms and then essentially your roommates pay your mortgage. Mm-hmm. 
there you are living um, for free, essentially, and they're paying a mortgage, you know, and you split utilities or however you want to do it. You know, some people like in bigger cities, you can actually make money off of house hacking and also live for free. I was just breaking even and essentially living for free, you know, right. so I house hacked that house. Um, meanwhile, doing the powerlifting stuff. And then I had, uh, I had a little bit of money just the side and I did some trading uh, with COVID, you know, all that you i'm sure you're aware of all that we yeah. were able to make some really good money on the market if you made a couple of crazy calls right and uh that gave me enough money to go buy my duplex um bought my first that first rental property and then that's just how i started scaling moved out of my uh primary house because it was uh too small for me mm-hmm. and <laughs> i wanted to get something a little bit bigger so i went and bought me another house and i turned that uh single family home into a rental and then that's just kind of how things started scaling. And then after that, everything just started going uphill and you started getting into the green and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's when things really started to pop off. Um, so I had at the time, then I had three units and I was house hacking my primary house huh. and uh, we just had one roommate at the time and things were going really good. And, and th- this was like what, probably around a year ago? Because this, this all sounds like it was recent. Yeah, so all this happened. Uh, I bought that first house. Um, it was in the middle of June of okay. last year. So in about the course of, it was like a year and maybe a month, I was able to get all seven of my units uh, that I have now. And so so now, like today, how, you have you said you have seven units? Yep, so I have seven units, one being an Airbnb, and then six of them uh, here in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And uh, when I had... When I had gotten back from basic and all that, I kind of had this like stupid goal or at the, at the time I thought was stupid. I was kind of like being cocky and talking myself up. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to have a million dollars worth of real estate assets by the time I turn 21. Right. And when I said it, I was like, you know, in the back of my head, like, you know how we kind of tell ourselves goals, you know, to try to, you know, right. sound cocky and whatnot. <laughs> now I'm being honest with you. I really didn't think that. I didn't think that was going to happen. And when I bought that first house, I'm like, okay, you know, I bought one house. I'm good for the year. And then I ended up buying that duplex and then I ended up buying that other house. So there was almost, you know, four units right there uh-huh. in a year. And then I started, you know, moving and I kept on moving and moving. And the next thing you know, uh, when I closed on my last house last month, um, the, my lending team, I have a really great lending team that they give me all my mortgages for. Uh, I told her the, you know, goal, just kind of, you know, trying to make myself sound really good. And she ended up telling me, Hey, you know, you're at about a little, you're valued a little bit over 1.5 million right now. So you, wow. you hit one of the hit. That's crazy, man. And I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, is that even possible? So I, you know, I got home, I started running all the numbers. I was like, Oh wow. So yeah, about 1.5 and I'm um, mid, mid one hundreds and maybe close to 200, just in equity mm-hmm. um, on properties. I, I've got some really good, uh, Got some really good deals on some of them. Wow. Um, well, first I want to say congratulations, man, because that's that's crazy. That's crazy to hear um what that values at, man. That's insane. That's awesome. Yeah, it was uh it was unbelievable. I didn't think when I made that goal that it was gonna be possible. Uh because I had that, you know, one million by twenty one and then I wanted five million by thirty. Right. And, um, you know, so we're still, still stretching for that 5 million by 30, which now that I know that I hit that first goal, I'm more than positive that I might be able to hit that 5 million by 25. Who knows? Yeah. 
I mean that yeah. that's why that's why it's good to set like you know you set your short term goals, you set your long term goals, and then you set like your your crazy like your crazy big goals because you know once you move through one and it's it's crazy how fast you can move when you ride through your momentum. Like you said, you had that you bought that first house. It wasn't anything special, but you know you just wanted something just to get back into it. And off of that, you rolled into it, and then all of a sudden you're at four units, and now all of a sudden you're at seven. Yeah, and that's what's been so nice about this journey is um, I've been able to help some people out along the way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I had a friend that's actually in my guard unit move here to Cheyenne, and she doesn't she doesn't really have one here in Cheyenne. <clears throat> so when I was living at that first house, I let her you know stay in the basement. Basement was like almost ninety percent um, finished. Mm-hmm you know, I gave a really good deal because our, our uh, rental rates here in China are crazy. So it's been really nice to be able to um, help people along the way right. out of that house. My brother had just started getting ready to sell his house. I'm like, Hey, you can just move into mine. And, uh, and you know, at the end of the day, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing is for my family. Right. You know, there's a good point here. Um, hopefully when I hit that 5 million by 30 or whatnot, I'll be pretty uh, with all the numbers, how I've worked them. I should be pretty good to go to where I can retire myself and then I can start helping my family retire. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's, that, that's, that's a goal for all of us at the end, right? Is yeah. help the people that helped you when you were on your way up. Yep. I, I, there's another quote that I live by or something I see on Instagram and mm-hmm. it's like, you're, uh, if your parents are still working, you're not working hard enough. Right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I mean, it's true though. Like I, I know like everyone, that's what they all want to do. You know, you want to, you want to get success that way you can, you know, buy your mom a house, buy your, buy your dad, you know, his dream car and make it so that they don't have to ever work a day in their life and they can retire, at, you know, before they're ready to. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what's been, um, that's what's really been heavy on the mind is like, that's the next step is, the, is to get them, uh, to get them there. So that's, that's, what's really been nice about this journey. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so what's really helped out was the, oh, go ahead. Oh no, no, my bad. No, finish off, finish off what's really helped out was uh so we had we had gotten those units and then uh my business partner and i we had um, met at the time it's been about four months ago and we're just talking stocks he kind of got me into like trading and the crypto and all that Uh and i was like yeah have you ever got into real estate and he's like no i've never got into it but i've always been curious about it and um, at the time i was full entrepreneur because my um my military orders had ended. That's the unfortunate thing about being full-time at the guard base is they, uh, depending on what kind of job you get, you, you're only getting that job for a certain uh, time frame. Mm-hmm. So it ends at the end of the fiscal year or however things work. Right. So I was down at the time. So I was just working full real estate and I was trying to find a different way to do it. Cause I'd, I was stuck at that point. I was like, I don't have any more money. Pretty much tapped out. Mm-hmm. Find new ways. So I'd ask him, you know, have you ever got an Airbnb or ever heard about Airbnb? we started talking like you know we should uh, go to airbnb and he's actually from puerto rico uh-huh. that's where he was born and raised and we started talking and then next thing you know he calls me and he's like hey man i got this uh this house or this uh condo that's on the beach in puerto rico let's fly out there and let's go look at it and we had just talked about getting into airbnbs i'm not kidding mm-hmm. you like less than a week before oh wow that <clears throat> we had just met about two weeks before that and I was like, wow, like this is this is what's happening right now. So we ended up getting uh we took our COVID test because you had to uh, take a COVID test before right. we flew out there. Took our COVID test that like next day and we flew out the day after. We landed in we landed in uh, Puerto Rico at like two or three in the morning. We slept maybe two hours. We headed straight to where that condo was and we liked it. So then we uh, we ended up getting owner financing on it, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. 
for the part time of it. Uh, so we got the owner financing, we got it all ready to Airbnb and then his family still lives there. So then we just ended up hiring them uh, to do the cleaning for us. So it all worked out perfect. Wow. And we ended up switching it over into a, into a conventional loan. Hmm. And you guys get good business on that Airbnb. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. I was in the airport, um, like hour, maybe two hours before we had to take it off. I had finally posted it. Uh-huh. And by the time that we were loading the plane, we'd almost had like a full month booked out for real. It's absolutely insane. Wow. How good Airbnb is. It's, it's unreal. Just like that. Just like that. Yep. Wow. That's crazy, dude. That's insane. Huh? So that's, that's what really, uh, got another kickstart was when we got that i mm-hmm. just seemed more motivated and this was the other all while all this is happening there's like so many different things that happen at once in my life I, it's crazy I right. stuff. but we were um investing in i'm sure you've heard of safe moon right yeah i've heard of safe moon so we were we were into safe moon a couple weeks before and then i came across um shiba have you heard of shiba i think i have i think it sounds familiar yeah yeah so it's like doge coins like right um enemy you know so <laughs> we, we were just getting into shiba and and i had bought and you know like i was like two or three hundred dollars worth and we went up to five thousand and then it started going low so i ended up pulling all of it out and when we started heading to puerto rico i put that it was like four thousand after all the fees and stuff to get out of you i put that mm-hmm. four thousand back in and the night before we're leaving it's like up to like a hundred percent and it like got up to like 10,000. So I was like, all right, well, we'll pull like, you know, 7,500 and just leave 2,500 in there. Mm-hmm. Pulled out way too early. If I would have kept it, I'd probably get <laughs> 100,000, man. So you never know, out. man. You yeah. never know. That's that's a that's a thing that sucks about that, man. Right. So Is- we wake up the next day. I had already profited twenty five or uh, $7,500. 25 was in there. Mm-hmm. Went up 10,000 again. And it just kept on going up and up and up. And in the course of about, it was, I would say about 24 hours, I made 21,000 off of Sheba. Jesus. You know? And like you said, you don't know if I would have right. known that it kept on going up. Cause when we woke up, it's not like 300%. I <laughs> could have made 80, $90,000 off of it. And Damn. I used that money that I, um, I got off of that and I ended up went and uh, got another rental property. Hmm. And it like two months ago, I guess. Wow. And, uh, and then in the process of doing that, um, that was a contract for deed property. Uh, so we can touch maybe a little bit later into what a contract for deed is. Mm-hmm. I only had to put down 15,000 for it. And um, that was beautiful. And then with all the other trading, I was able to get that, uh, that last property, which got me up to number seven. Wow. That's a crazy journey, man. And the, where you're at right now, man, that's, that's it. It's crazy. Insane. Um, of, of how far you've come and, and where you're at and how you've just, you know, used every everything to kind of work into each other to grow that network and grow that, like your own business that way. That's that's actually insane, man. Yeah, it's been it's been really fun. Uh, I I can honestly tell you, it's been a journey. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> since I hit that uh one million by twenty one, now this year I just want to make a hundred thousand. Right. Uh, so and, that's gonna be the next goal with no college degree, make a hundred thousand, just because I wanna I wanna. Ch- you know, educate people that you don't right. need to call three to make a hundred thousand. If you have a vision and you have, you know, the drive and the work ethic, you can, you can make 200,000 without a college degree. Right know? now. Um, I want, I want to try and get into a little bit more cause since, since I have you here and you're obviously finding success as a real estate agent, um, just, you know, because it's such a trending topic, I'm, I'm sure that a, a, a bunch of our listeners are probably trying to get into the same thing 
and just like anything else you know where do you start how how do you get into it um what what are like what what would you recommend are probably like some good tools that you can use to help you you know get your foot in that door and kind of get into that into that industry yeah definitely so real quick so i'm i'm only an investor i'm not a real estate agent oh okay okay so there's i guess there would be two different ways you can get into it um if you're wanting to go the investment way you can become an investor or if you want to go and be a realtor you could go the realtor way now i i do get asked a lot well why aren't you a real estate agent mm-hmm. And it's kind of, I kind of see it as a conflict of interest and there is some gray matter in there. And I, I really like to play by the books. I don't really like to get into like some gray areas. Right. So for instance, uh, in the real estate investing side of things, if you were to do wholesaling uh, and you were to go to a house and as, and say you're a real estate agent, you're able to see, you know, oh, this house is probably worth 300,000, but I'm not going to tell the people that. I'm going to tell them that, oh, it's probably only worth, you know, 200,000. And they find later find out, you know, they ended up selling it for three hundred thousand. They could come back on you, and they could say, you know, you took advantage of them. Now the likelihood right. of this, like I said, it's a gray area. So, uh, so there's there's that there's like the big difference is why I'm really not a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to your question, like the great way to get into it, I would I would honestly say, find a mentor in your city or wherever you're at, um, or even get a hold of me, and you know, you just kind of start asking them questions, find somebody that's doing it. Um, right. some of that has, you know, the knowledge, whether it's a real estate agent or, or an investor, I went to a real estate agent. That's kind of who's mentored me throughout this way. And we still catch up, uh, you know, once or twice a week and I'm actually working with him now. We're actually partners. I do, um, some of his wholesaling for him. So I'm kind of like one of his, uh, one of his heads, head guys, uh, uh-huh, for okay. the wholesaling. so since he can't really technically wholesale since he's a real estate agent, right. he got, he's an investor that's not a real estate agent. And so I wholesale, um, for him. All right. So, so um, do you, do you mind explaining kind of the difference between like a, a real estate investor and a real estate agent? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, best way to best basically describe it as an investor, you're just investing into real estate, whether it's, it's buying and flipping and selling, whether it's buying and holding, um, whereas a real estate, um, agent, you're pretty much, you know, just, um, helping people buy and sell houses. Okay. So you're not really investing into the real estate. You're just helping people, basically, essentially helping people invest into real estate. Okay. You know, whether they are, you know, first-time home buyers or right. they're uh, flippers, you know, mm-hmm. in the community that need a household, or they're people that are needing to move. That real estate agent would be, you know, licensed to be able to do that transaction for them. Right. So, a- as an agent, you kind of like, um, I think the income is, I'm assuming, is like the from the commission, right? Yeah, definitely. I know that some agents and brokers, they all work different, but mm-hmm. for the most part, it's it's commission-based. Right. And then as an investor, it's kind of just, you know, you put your own money into it and then you try and, you know, um, work up that value to sell for a profit, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's uh, the nice thing about the wholesaling is the for me being a wholesaler, I, it's a commission-based as well but it's also a percentage. So that's right. what we're able to work out is a uh, commission based and then a percentage. Um, so that's been really cool as an investor. You essentially get to make, you get to decide how much you get paid. Right. The amount of you put into it. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, talk, talk about like wholesale real estate. Um, Cause I know uh, from the little bit of research that I was doing, you know, you know, you have like your, your rental properties, you have just, you know, um, like flipping the houses, but what's, what's, what does wholesale real estate kind of uh, infer? Yeah. So wholesale real estate, let me tell you, uh, it's a lot. 
it's a lot harder than I expected it was going to be. I thought it was going to be so much easier. Right. Um, essentially, you're looking around. You know, there's always going to be that really like ugly house on your block, and you're right. like, you know, why, why aren't these people taking care of it? So what you would do is you would, uh, you know, search them up on your county assessor page. You'd find out who owns it. Uh, and more times than not, they probably don't live there. It's probably a vacant house. Right. So there's going to be an address. You know, the it's all public records. So that's a really nice thing. So in that county assessor, it'll tell you who owns it. You know, where what's their mailing address. You can do a few different things. You can cold call them. Uh, you can use, I think it's a fast people search or freepeoplesearch.com. Mm-hmm. You can type their name and then you can find their phone number and you can cold call them. Again, all public, um, all public information. Right. Uh, call, call them. You can let them know, like, hey, I'm really interested in your house. Um, let me, you know, let me buy it from you. Uh, or you could send a mail, or you could go and knock at their door. Right. Now, personally, the cold calling is uh, pretty much intimidating itself, and I'd say I'm pretty outgoing. Uh, so I can only imagine the people that are knocking on the doors, like big props to them. Right. Because uh, that's kind of you, you. Every once in a while, you'll get somebody that gets pretty angry that you're doing it because so many people are doing it now. Uh huh. So once you get their attention and you go and look at the house and then they agree, you know, you, you got to assess the house. There's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts to go into it. Right. Cause you can see how much you can purchase it for. You got to see how much it's going to cost to fix it. Right. And see how much you can sell it to an investor so then they can go and fix it. Okay. So, so, so yeah. basically you're, you're, you're buying a house that doesn't have a lot of value and you're just immediately selling it to someone who will flip it. Yeah, definitely. Now there's now there's other things like called wholetailing, uh-huh. um, which is kind of a newer term, I guess, in the real estate. I'm not sure if that's the proper term for it. That's what um, I've heard quite a few people call it. Mm-hmm. But that's where you essentially you find a house that like oh just needs some paint and some carpet, and you go put paint and carpet in you, and then essentially you sell it. It's also kind of like a, a flip, but it's like a very quick and simple flip, you know. Right. Whereas wholesaling, um, you're finding a house that uh, all fixed up could be worth three hundred thousand, but you're going to go ahead and get it for one hundred fifty thousand, because it needs a hundred thousand right into it, you know. So right there, a hundred thousand into it, that now you're up to two hundred fifty thousand with a fifty thousand uh, dollar profit margin, and you got to go sell it to an investor, so mm-hmm. that investor makes some money, and so that's where you make the difference. You make the difference between how much you're buying it for and then how much you're going to sell it to your uh, investor for right. But investors all work on numbers so you have to make sure that your numbers make sense for that investor as well right. that's where it's really tricky because these wholesalers you can get really greedy <laughs> and you can try to make you know as much money as you want off of it and then you're not going to have an investor that wants to buy it and then here you are stuck with this house yeah uh, you're in the middle of now you're stuck with this house and these people think you're going to be buying it from them because what happens is you do a double close so you get under contract you find the investor that wants to buy it you close with the owners of the house and then immediately you close with the investors. You don't have to put up any money. Mm-hmm. At least that's one of the ways you could do it. Right. Um, okay. So, so a, a lot of your stuff um, is like rental properties, right? Yes, sir. Yep. So you, you do a lot of rental. So you, you buy, you buy the, you buy the property and then you kind of, I'm assuming you probably fix it up a little bit. You put a little bit into it and then, um, you just rent it out and live off, um, kind of get that, like that rental, that rental, like a uh, passive income, I guess that kind of pays for the unit itself. And then you just kind of get off that difference. Yeah. So my first rental that I got, I definitely need some work, but I ended up, here's this, this sticky situation with rentals is you already know that they're going to get kind of beat up and they're going to kind of get messed up. Right. 
you can either fix them up and have it really, really nice, but then you're also going to be taking that risk of, you know, the renter is going to mess it up. Now that's, what's really important is you have to screen your tenants. Right. Um, I mean, screen, like you have to like interview them. Anytime that I have a tenant come and look at a house um, before I decide if they're going to, uh, you know, if they're going to rent for me now, I'm interviewing them the whole time. Right. I'm seeing what, you know, how their body language is. Are they respectful? You know, are, you know, they, uh, do they take good care of themselves? How's their hygiene? Because the way they take care of themselves and how they present themselves, the same way that they're going to present your rental property. Right. And take care of it. Hmm. So I don't necessarily, I wouldn't say I, I really fix up any of mine because I kind of shifted gears after I bought that first one. I didn't really like it. Cause I'm like, oh, this isn't like, this does need some work. You know, it's livable. It's really nice, but like it is outdated, you know? So I started shifting gears towards more newer houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had just gotten something that's built in 2018. I got another one that's built in 2016 in one of probably our hottest neighborhoods here in Cheyenne. I got another one built in 2008. So I'm, I'm more so leaning towards newer houses that don't really need to do any fixing up and clean and right. stuff. pretty much good to go. And then, like you said, rent them out. I get that cash flow. Now gross right now without the Airbnb making, it's a little over a hundred thousand gross rental income. And then, you know, after, you know, taxes, right. principal, all that's paid down to, <clears throat> I'm making a little bit over 2000 a month. Uh, okay. Pure, that's not bad. Pay. That's pretty good then. Yeah, so twenty four thousand dollars a year, forty eight thousand dollars every two years. That's another rental property every two years I can buy. Yeah, and that's that's what you have right now. And I'm sure that you have a goal for you know how much more you want to keep expanding and you know making doubling or tripling that or anything else like that. You know. Yeah, that's where that five. Okay, so at one, you know, at one point five, I'm making you know two thousand um, pure cash flow a month. Right. So I'm thinking, you know, at five million, let's go ahead and take that. Um, let's go make take that two thousand times five. Now we're at ten thousand, which is you know a hundred thousand a year mm-hmm. cash flow. So that's where I kind of got that that five million by thirty goal was. I want to be making a hundred thousand just pure cash flow yearly. Right. Huh. That's crazy, man. That it it it's such a like it, it seems like a like a pretty easy industry to get into but it's like people don't realize you know all the nooks and crannies that you really have to go through and all the hoops you got to jump through to really make sure that you can make something profitable and like efficient in that yeah i have a lot of uh, a lot of the people that i'm mentoring they're always asking me like what do you look for in a property you know what what price range are you looking for right and, and my, you know, my basic thing is, you know, if it makes dollars, it makes sense. Right. So whenever you're going to buy, you just have to make sure that whatever you're going to do with it, it's going to make you money. So right. there should really be a price range, you know, now let's, <clears throat> let's be serious here. You know, there's only so much that you can probably afford, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you find a hundred thousand dollar house, that's making you money, buy it. You find a $200,000 one that's, that's making you money, buy it, you know, 300,000. As long as it's making you money, then buy it. Right. And I think that too many people just getting this uh, analysis paralysis where they're just, they're getting too analytical about things. And like I said, the best way that I've learned is just go out and try. Right. But I, I bought that first house. I don't really care for it every other day. I feel like I want to sell it, you know, mm-hmm. but making me money. And that's, you know, that's, mo- that's like the biggest thing. Right. Even my, my duplex. I don't, I hate, I honestly hate that house, but it's making me the most money out of any of my rental properties. <laughs> So it's just one of those things is you can't get, you can't get emotional with it either. Right. Uh, you can't. You, you got to stay that. objective. Exactly. I, I do have a house I really love and I had to, I had to turn it into a rental and it was, as I would say, it's like one of my favorite houses I've had. 
down, but I turn it into rental. But you know, you can't get uh, emotional about it. Yeah. So you have to make sure that at the end of the day, your business is in the green and it's not in the red. You know? Right. Yeah. Now, I want I want to ask you this. Um, for for being in that real estate industry and being an investor in that, how how much time, if any, do you spend like um watching just videos in general about like real estate? So when I first started getting going, I watched quite a bit. I think I watched every possible Grant Cardone video at least two or three times. Uh-huh. And then when I was doing my cardio, I'd listen to some uh, some bigger pockets, which I think is an amazing podcast for any real estate um, people that want to get into it. Big bigger pockets. Yeah, bigger pockets. They have a great podcast. They have a really good website. Um, really good forms. They have a Facebook group page, uh, Instagram page. It's really yeah. really good. There for you real go. Estate. And that's what's taught me a lot. Uh, besides the hands on, that's probably second to what's taught me the most is with bigger pockets. Mm. As far as time. I like to at least listen to a podcast while I'm doing cardio, and I typically do you know 40 minute cardio sessions. I don't like to overload my brain too much with stuff. Um, like I said, I do kind of have that learning issue where right. um, I have a hard time grasping all the information. So, you know, an hour, I would say maybe a day. You know, I do a little bit of reading, mm-hmm. um, just kind of scrolling through social media. You know, we we all know that we're gonna get on it. There was a point lot last year where I uh, cut off like all my social media after like usage for like right. I think it was hour an hour after usage every day mm-hmm. and got really good at um at getting off of social media but now you know it's back on it and uh i'm at least adding some different groups and pages so you know i'm looking at real estate stuff if i'm going to be on social media why not make it you know right. good stuff with that so. yeah it, it's hard to avoid social media nowadays like altogether because it, it it has transformed from from just like a leisure thing into actually being able to build something out of it and make a living off of it and like some of the smartest marketing strategies come from like social media campaigns and all of that you know it's 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 just hard to avoid in general yeah and i didn't know that really uh, like i said a year ago i kind of wanted to keep things on the dl mm-hmm. i want to just do my own little thing especially just because i kind of have that social anxiety uh so i never really shared a lot of my pages and you know, right. within the last couple of months i've really upped that a lot yeah I've been really doing a lot of sharing and um, and just kind of educating people, you know, what's going on in my life. I think that's really important, you know, to grow your business, to do your networking. Right. And to, most importantly, I think I think social media is the best way to influence people. Yeah, absolutely. The good and the bad. You know, I go on my social media and I see a lot of, you know, the old people that I used to hang around, you know, they're mm-hmm. out part stuff like that. And then I see some people that I just, you know, I'm starting to meet and they're, you know, hitting, hitting the gym or they're reading a book or they're working. So I think social media is the best influence influencer you can have in your life whether yeah. it's for the or the bad and ultimately you have to make that decision which one's going to be right now how, how much how much time do you do you spend if any on like tiktok real estate so i i'll come it comes across like on my instagram uh-huh. or on snapchat i'll see some people share but if i'm being honest with you i'm just not really a big tiktok person right uh i think that it's um there's some good stuff out there don't get me wrong but i also think there's some bad stuff yeah. So, so I can't really it, say that I spend too much time on it. Yeah. It, it, it can be pretty, it's like, one, it's one of those things where it's just so easy to lose track of time. And before you know it, you know, you, you've wiped out two hours, like two and a half hours of just, you know, probably more than likely watching more, more, uh, like irrelevant stuff than actual relevant. Maybe, maybe like three videos out of 10 are probably like actually relevant to you instead of just, you know, you're just watching something to keep your eyes busy. 
Right. And like I said, with, with how busy my schedule is, I really, I try to stay off social media as much as possible, but right. sometimes my schedule just doesn't even allow me into it. So mm-hmm. like I don't have Twitter anymore. Um, I don't even have like the Facebook app anymore. I pretty much just use Instagram and, and Snapchat, you know, right. Like my, I guess my two forms of social media, <laughs> which Instagram is probably like the only one that I would say. That now, um, as we're getting, as we're getting towards, towards the end here, um, there are probably a couple, a couple things I want to ask you because there's, so you have, you have TikTok, which is probably, I don't, I don't know. I, I want, in my opinion, I would say TikTok's probably at its peak, if not just past it. Um, but with, with how much interaction it has nowadays. And like I said, there's, there's a whole like version of TikTok where it's just like real estate and people are like, you know, selling and marketing themselves as like either either like real estate agents or real estate investors or or anything like that strictly through TikTok and you know hitting you know millions of views millions of likes just giving out like 10 second advice and just a bunch of like zingers and stuff through like TikTok itself um and I kind of want to run maybe a couple of them through you kind of do like a fact or fake check and just see what you think of whether you know you agree or disagree with some of these if you want to do that yeah, man, let's go and uh, that'd be fun. Let's let's see what's out there. Yeah, for sure. So I all right. So one of the first ones, one of the ones that I see the most of when I was doing when I was looking through these, um, is don't buy nice houses, buy ugly houses. Yeah, that's uh, that just kind of pinpoint off of what I just um what we kind of covered. Yeah, uh, I agree hundred percent with it, but I also disagree hundred percent with it. It like I said, it ultimately depends on what your goal is. Right. Reason why I'm buying nice houses is because for one i don't have the time to to get them you know fixed up uh-huh. and look nice and pretty and then for number two if they're nice anymore nowadays especially millennials we like nice things right you know that's what my biggest i would say my, one of my bigger target markets right now with our air force base here uh we have a lot of um, air force kids coming in mm-hmm. and they're gonna want something nice but it also takes a lot of money to make something nice so if you're already buying something nice then you don't have to make it any nicer. You're not putting that money into it for it to be possibly getting damaged. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I would agree with that. Uh, the the other thing on that is uh, buy ugly houses 100%. If you're trying to flip that house, right? it's a different game. It's a different story. If you're able to get it at a good purchase price and you're able to you know make it look really nice and not go cheap on that flip, by all means, buy the ugly house. So yeah. I think that really comes down to are you flipping it? Are you holding it? Are you renting it? It really comes down to what your method is is right. uh, your investing career so so if you're if you're like flipping it probably steer towards like buying the ugly house and yeah, just yeah. trying to flip it but if you're trying to like rent it you might as well just buy the nicer one that way you can just immediately get it on the market and just get it rented out quick yeah no i mean we could, that's just a basic we get deeper into it where there's a thing called burr which, I've, I've heard of burr it's like b with like four r's or three r's i think it's four it's buy renovate rent refinance repeat repeat yeah so i mean you can get really you can get even deeper in detail with that and then you know with a burr you could buy the ugly house and then rent it right but i would just say you know if you're new to real estate and you're just getting the basics of it just you know just stick with kind of the, the first two we kind of talked about mm-hmm. um, buying the ugly house to flip it or buying the nice house to rent it awesome now the next one um you really only need about three or four thousand dollars to really get started in real estate yeah i would say that that's uh i would say that's that's a pretty um pretty factual depending on what you qualify for Mm -hmm. 
I know um, most people are, are used to hearing, oh, you need 25%. No, you don't need 25%. Um, you only need 25% when you're buying an investment property solely for investment purposes. Right. You don't plan on living in that house at all, ever. <laughs> That's when you'd more times than not need that 25%. Now there are some ways around it. Now the three to 4,000, um, that typically sounds like a first time home buyer loan type of thing. Right. So you gotta be careful with that because they have a lot of regulations. Like you have to at least live at that house for a couple of years. You can't rent that house out right away. So yeah, hundred percent, you can get into real estate with right. three to $4,000, but there's going to probably be some stipulations as to right. what you can actually do with it. And I'm assuming like the more money you have to start out, the better, because then it kind of gets rid of some of those regulations and limitations, right? Yeah, yeah, I definitely say so. And I mean, that's like I said, all this is just basically for right. the I'm, basics. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it also depends on like, you know, the market, where your location is and everything like that. Yeah, like I know, I know, I think it's, uh, what is it? I think it's somewhere in Ohio um, or like Detroit. Like you can, you could buy it, you could get a house for like $15,000, you know. Right. As you know, where I'm at right now, you're lucky to even find something under $200,000, which that. Right. Three thousand dollars is going to be like what what you would be able to buy if you went like first time home buyer way. Right, and I know like down down here the market in Miami is just it's crazy crazy expensive. Like even like these small one story houses just just for their location is closer closer to like a million dollars. Man, it's crazy how how expensive the market is down here. Yeah, and then you know that just comes down to like if you're just doing a normal traditional way of getting a house, right. You, that three or four thousand dollars you can go do like a contract for deed uh you could do like an owner financing you know there's a million different ways to do real estate but basics if you're new to real estate definitely 100 percent you can get into it with three to four thousand hmm. that's good that's good to know um now the next one is and i mean you you kind of answered this and you're kind of like a living example of it yourself um you don't really need a college degree to get into real estate yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'll tell you, that's, that's, I, I would actually originally, I wanted to go to college uh, for real estate. Like, I thought there was like a real estate degree or something, uh-huh. which I think there still is. I, I never really got too deep into it, uh, clearly, but no, you don't need no college degree to get into real estate. Um, all you just need is work ethic and mm-hmm. uh, a discipline. Right. Now, do, do you think it helps? You know, I can't really answer that. I don't think I've ever met anyone that has a real estate degree. Uh, I don't, like I said, I'm not sure if there's an actual real estate degree. Right. Now, the real estate license, I would say, yeah, you got a real estate license, so it would 100% help you out. Yeah. Right. Interesting. That's good to know. Um, let's see. I think I got probably one or two more. Um, now, I, I don't know if you would actually know a whole lot about this, but this is something that I continue to keep coming across, so I wasn't sure. Um, you don't actually need a broker. Um, you just need like a real estate attorney. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm not quite sure on that. I'm guessing that that probably falls with uh, real estate agents. Right. I th- I think that's kind of the agent falls in there like the broker, I guess, just someone to like manage the deal. Yeah, definitely. I know that when you get like in Wyoming, when you get your real estate license, you have to, <clears throat> you have to hang it up with a broker. Mm-hmm. And like other terms, you have to pick a broker that you're going to work with. Right. So I uh, I probably I don't feel like comfortable probably answering that one because I'm just right. not quite sure. Yeah, I I kind of figured um because I know like that that was kind of more from like a, I guess like a like an attorney type standpoint and I I would probably say that's probably just like an entirely different field. So 
Yeah. And and the other night, the other crazy thing about it is like the laws that we have in Wyoming, they could be completely different than they are in Florida. Right. What's in Florida could be completely different than it's in Colorado. Right. So like if you you need to know those laws, definitely um, you know, make sure that whatever real estate advice you are listening to, that it's um it goes co in hand with, you know, your the state that you're living in or trying to invest in. Mm-hmm. Now the last one I got is you can get into flipping or like wholesaling without any of your actual like money. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I, I definitely agree with that, but it's going to be very tricky. Right. Uh, in terms of wholesaling, I mean, you could, you could write, you know, a thousand letters and you could send those off and then you can get that house on a contract and then you can sell it to uh, an investor and then you can make, you know, 10 to 15,000 right there with, that you have to put any money into it right now if you were to go flip a house it's going to get a little bit more trickier because more times are not hard money lenders they are looking for some type of money right or there's just got to be enough money built up into that house you're buying um, right. for them to be able to do it so yeah i, d- I definitely think you do it but there it's it's going to take a little bit of hard work yeah because i i know a, l- a lot of the videos that i ended up coming across just they really um went back to you know just taking out a loan and taking out a loan to estimate you know the cost of the house and the cost of of the rehab of the house and then the sell point and using you know either the rental or or whatever value you got it up to to just pay back that loan and just rinsing repeating kind of using that burr method and a lot of the videos that i came across kind of just went into that and they, they gave the impression that you didn't really need like your own money but it those are like some of the things that when I look at it, I I always I always think to myself like there's no way that you can actually probably do that without your mo- like with your with no money, without having to you know maybe jump jump some hoops or you know really really know what you're doing. Oh yeah, I mean even with your own money, you if you uh, if you want to get creative, um, you got to jump some hoops. Right. You know? So with or without money, you're jumping hoops. It just depends on how many you want to jump through. Right. And so that's what's so fun about it. Like uh, when I talk about contract for deed, um, <clears throat> I'll touch base into that just real quick here, uh, if that's okay. Yeah. So found this property um, and the owner wanted to get rid of it, but it had a tenant in it and he wanted to sell it. But the issue was he didn't want to just sell it to anyone because uh, he pretty much promised the tenant, um, you know, that they're going to be able to buy that house when they come ready to buy it and i and i had known this guy for for quite some time and mm-hmm. he really trusted me and stuff like that so we did a contract for deed so essentially what happens was we went through a like a contract for deed company here in cheyenne they put my name on the deed i never got a mortgage on it nothing just my name went on the deed so now i'm you know solely i guess i would say responsible to make the mortgage payments right I'm like the new owner of the house, but he, him and, um, and his wife are still on the more, they, they hold the mortgage, whereas I'm on the deed. Uh-huh. And so now that I'm getting credit for making those payments here in about a year or so, I could refinance it into my name. Okay. And, and all I had to do, I just had to put this uh, 15,000 down, um, which was cash just to the uh, owner. And that was just kind of like a, that was kind of like his incentive, you know, for doing that contract for deed. Cause, right. um, the house has a lot of equity built up into it. Um, but he, he just wanted to kind of get rid of it real quick. And uh, so that's the nice thing about contract for deed is you uh, sometimes you don't need to put any money down. Right. That's just our, our deal works and no credit uh, check needed to be ran. 
um, is a really quick, easy process. The tenants are renting. Um, they're happy with me being their landlord. They're taking care of, you know, right. So that's, uh, that's the, like the really cool thing about contract for deed. Hmm. That's interesting. Didn't even, didn't even know that that was like a, like a thing. So it's pretty neat. Yeah. So you just assume, essentially you're just assuming someone else's loan, but you're not actually, um, getting your credit check and all that stuff. Right. Hmm. Pretty neat. Um, well, I think, I think that's all I have for you, my man. I, I mean, we, we went, we went a little over an hour, which is was crazy, man. Cause the whole thing it was so insightful. So, um, before, before we sign off, um, do you, do you have any like last words of advice, any, anything that that's kind of like carried you through this whole journey, um, that you want to share? Oh man, there's probably a million things that I'd want to share, but, um, be pretty hard to pinpoint all of them. Right. I really just think that, uh, if you're going to want to do something, you know, you got to take action. Um, and you got to learn from your mistakes. You know, I learned a lot from that loss that I made. And like you were saying earlier, it's, um, <clears throat> it shouldn't be regret as long as you, uh, make a lesson out of it. Right. Stuff. How did you say that? Um, not, nothing's ever a mistake if you learn from it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's the nice thing is, you know, tomorrow I'm probably going to make a mistake, but as long as I learn from it, you know, that's, that's all that matters. Right. That's some of my biggest advice is, um, they just kind of follow your dreams and you're going to go through some obstacles, but as long as you back up, then, uh, that's all that matters. Yeah. Well, um, man, you've, you've, you've been through, through quite a journey, man. And I, I, man, I just, I just want to say one, I appreciate you, you know, hopping on this call and, and sharing all that with us. Um, but second, I, I want to say that your journey is incredible, man. And I hope, I hope that one day you get to that point, um, where you can kind of just, go off and share that and and hopefully your journey inspires others that are probably going through the same thing you know me um i always consider myself fortunate that i don't really um have experiences like those um like i i don't really see a whole lot of like you know death in my family um i haven't really gone through a whole lot a whole lot of that myself and i consider myself very very fortunate for that but I, sh- I share that that sympathy through other people and um, just going through things like that can really I, I've seen it, you know, do the worst things to some of the best people. And so hearing hearing you being able to to come out of that and, and make something and use that as, you know, that motivation and that drive is is pretty inspiring, dude. So I just I just want to say that what you're doing is huge and uh, I, I want to thank you again, man, for coming on and really sharing that with us. Yeah, thanks so much. That uh, that really means a lot. Yeah, of course, so, dude. It's it's been great to be on your guys' show. What yeah. you guys are doing, absolutely amazing. Um, I donated some money to you guys when you did that five k race. That's that's awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. We appreciate it, man. Every every dollar every dollar counts, man. Going to that cause. Yeah, so hopefully that's why we came on today. You know, to hopefully impact somebody's life. I yep. hope that it influences someone. So thanks again so much for this opportunity. Yeah, and if um real quick before you sign off, man um. Um, shout out, shout out your, your Instagram, shout out any, any way that, you know, if, if anyone has any more questions, I want people, you know, to contact you. I want people to look into, you know, your social media, what you're doing and just kind of follow your journey. Cause I know, I know that some of these, you know, some of these people are really going to, you know, relate and, and connect with, with this, with this story. So. Yeah, definitely, man. My uh, Instagram is uh, pretty much how the name spelled. It's Hunter, H-U-N-T-E-R dot more m-o-r-e underscore underscore and then uh you can also reach me at uh my phone um number at 
630-454-8. I'm always open to help anybody. As long as you're willing to learn, I'm willing to help you out. Excellent, man. I'll, I'll make sure I include that in the bio, uh, in the description here of this, of this episode too. Um, I mean, the, the most that we can do for you hopping on here, man, is, is give you that a little bit of that free publicity and just, um, give, you know, give anybody else that's in interested in the same field, you know, that, that kind of, uh, open door for them to be able to go and, and seek any knowledge that they're looking for. So, yeah, man, that's awesome. I really look forward to it. And again, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, for sure, man. Always a pleasure, man. Um, so, uh, I think that's, that's going to be it for me, man. Uh, again, appreciate you coming on and sharing all this with us. Um, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, that, that's going to be it for me, man. Sweet. Awesome. Thanks so much. Ian. Yeah. Thanks so much, man. All right, everyone. Hope, hope that this was a, a great, a great episode for you guys. Definitely a lot shared, a lot of knowledge. Um, uh, what what you take from this is up to you, but I know that me myself, I've I've taken a lot. So, um, hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Um, let's keep on breaking our mental barriers, man. Um, uh, until until the next time, we will we will check in on you guys later. All right, you guys have a good one. Bye bye.